the Shanghai Zhan, a raw and lively regular debate about China tech, advertising, creativity, platforms, and the intersection of it all. Join us each session for timely and relevant discussions on all things China marketing. We'll also be joined by an entire spectrum of China experts. Coming to you directly from the city of Shanghai, I'm Bryce Witwam, and I'm Ali Kazmi. In today's episode, we have Pierre Defrost, director of e-commerce at Pernod Ricard China, one of the world's largest spirits and wine companies globally. So it's November twelfth, and this episode is being recorded a day after the world's biggest shopping event, Double Eleven. Or as it's known as Singles Day. To talk about the excitement over the past forty-eight hours, let's turn to Pierre. So, how are you doing, Pierre? I'm good, thanks. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Ali. And just quickly introduce yourselves. How long you been in China? What have you been doing? Where are you from? So I'm uh, I'm French.、Uh, I'm French. I've been、uh, in China for seventeen、uh, years. So I、uh, first arrived in、uh, Beijing, then、uh, a bit of Shanghai, then a bit of Hong Kong, then back to Shanghai for the last ten、uh, years, more or less. That's incredible. Is it a tiring night last night、uh, for all the Double Eleven festivities? Uh, last night, not that much. The tiring night is、uh, the nights of the tenth, breaking into the eleventh. That's、uh, that's where we usually stay late to uh, uh, work with、uh, TPs, etc. The the nights of the eleventh is actually a relaxing one. And what what usually happens the night of the tenth? It's really the revealing of、uh, how many sales are you going to get in the first hour of the at midnight, really, of the of the eleventh. So many people have been putting things in their basket.、Uh, they've been paying、uh, deposits, and they need to start paying for the、uh, the rest of the deposit、uh, or the rest of the money. Uh, or just、uh, start to buy because the the promotions actually kick in at midnight. So that's where all the the big flow of sales、uh, come in. So we go to our distributors and our Tmall partners, the e-commerce operations uh, uh, agencies, and、uh, and encourage them as、uh, as the sales kick in. I had the pleasure last year of being on the Maybelline floor. Uh, of a TP when they were、uh, executing the communications, and I was surprised because they actually were changing the the front page or the actual e-commerce website of on Taobao constantly. They were looking at what products were selling well, and they quickly moved them up to the top. And it was a constant reorganization in, within seconds of. Every minute they were watching the data, they would make a move. They would change something. Was that similar to your situation? I'm guessing that、uh, L'Oreal and Maybelline maybe are a little bit more advanced uh, than uh, most players, and probably yes,、uh, as、uh, Ali is、uh, pointing out,、uh, have、uh, much deeper pockets to、uh, to do all of these、uh, real-time analytics. So、uh, we're there, but maybe not、uh, every minute. And、uh, I guess the question, next question, is: Did anybody buy anything? Did you buy anything, Ali? In fact, I did. I got two things. I've.、Uh I bought myself a. Actually, I bought my wife a tennis racket, and I got myself winter motorcycle gloves. What about you, Pierre? I'm all about chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so I just bought tons of chocolates. I bought one of those wine openers. That it's a. It's literally like a needle that goes into the bottle of wine because I can't drink a whole bottle of wine anymore、uh, like I used to. So、uh, the price is ridiculously low. I mean the the. They they cut out about two hundred kwai on this on the price, so I was really surprised at the deals. 
I think you paid too much for that wine opener. No, it's more than it's actually fourteen hundred went down to twelve hundred. So yeah, maybe I paid too much. Wow. So uh, <laughs> T- tell tell me what's your Tabao ID, and I'll make sure to push my ads uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. So uh, all good. How long you been at Pinot Ricard now? Seven. That's great. What was the e-commerce situation at Pernod Ricard when you started? Um, well, when I started uh, at Pernod Ricard, actually, I actually was not in the e-commerce department. I was in the marketing department, and uh, e-commerce was uh, it was there already, but it wasn't uh, uh, really a, f- a focus point, a focal point. Yeah. So um, uh, I switched after a year from marketing to e-commerce, and at the times. Uh, yeah, sales were really, really low, like below 100 million RMB. Um, and um, yeah, it was really, yeah, it was nothing much. Let's just put it like this. It was just getting started. Where is it today? Uh, it's, uh, we added a, a zero. <laughs> Maybe in the context of, of how people use e-commerce and spirits versus in the past, we were just remarking before the start of the podcast that I think all of us at some point in time had some experience in the spirits business, which is relatively an on-premise experience. At least in the old days, it was 70, 80% of people, very few people bought off, off-premise. What are people buying and drinking today? First of all, uh, for all the listeners who, who may not be in, uh, in China, and since there are a lot of Japan, I'll just uh, point it out. Uh, China is uh, still a baijiu uh, market. So most of the alcohol that is drunk in, uh, um, in, uh, in China is, uh, is baijiu. So that's the Chinese uh, liquor. And then uh, we have a strong Chinese uh, wine market, uh, imported wine market. There is beer, uh, a couple of other uh, alcohols like uh, huangzhou. And then there is imported uh, spirits, cognac, whiskey, you mentioned, uh, etc. Now, the share of imported spirits in total China market is 1% of all alcohol consumed in China, it's a bit more now, 1.5, is imported spirits. And uh, and then I'm not including uh, ready to drink uh, in this. You're definitely a niche player. Yeah, so it's a small category, and then uh, and the goal of Pernoica is actually f- uh, to increase the penetration of uh, imported spirits, lead lead the, the lead the category to go from one percent to two percent by 2025. Of the one percent of the imported spirits, what is the what's the big thing now? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, uh, cognac has uh, always been a, a very, very big category, especially in the south of China, uh, Guangdong, Fujian, etc., uh, where people drink it a lot during dinner, actually. Um, a lot of influence uh, from uh, 20 years ago of all these Hong Kong movies, etc. And uh, whiskey also is, uh, is very big. And the rest of the categories, uh, your, uh, your rum, your gin, your tequila, and all of that are, are, are much smaller. Wine, of course, is a uh, is a uh, very big. Excellent. Um, so, just a, I guess, a side side question is where where is everyone drinking? Uh, yeah, good question because uh, it's been changing a lot uh, recently. You might have heard of COVID, right? So, uh, it used to be uh, an on trade, like in the bars, in the KTVs, uh, in the nightclubs. That was where the market was uh, ten years ago. But of course, gradually. Uh, especially as I mentioned uh, in the south of China, a lot of people starting to started to drink cognac, 
uh, and most recently even single malts uh, during dinner. And, uh, and really, uh, Cognac had uh, entered the business dinner uh, scene and even the, um, the social dinner uh, scenes. So, um, uh, so more and more people drink it uh, at the table uh, for dinner. And then uh, uh, the second thing is uh, uh, a lot of the smaller bars, like not, not the big clubs, etc. Small bars, a lot of whiskey bars now, a lot of cocktail bars, uh, speakeasies even, or, or you name it, like uh, different kind of outlets that were not present in China. Uh, 10 years ago and now it's uh, it's really mainstream now of course uh, covid uh, really accelerated the shift from traditional on trade places like big nightclubs and big ktvs uh, towards at home consumption in restaurant uh, consumptions or in smaller bars consumptions amazing and do you see do you think there's going to be a future where a lot of uh, off-premise consumption is going to come through online? Yeah, well, I mean, the future is now. I mean, uh, I just mentioned that we added a zero to e-commerce sales. Uh, 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 not two zeros yet, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really a growing business and a significant part of the uh, retail business of Piano Eka, uh in China, even total business of Piano Eka in, in China. But, uh, but e-commerce will only be... Uh, a channel among many, many others. Yeah, so we will always have uh, all of these uh, bars, uh, KTVs, and all, all of these touch points and consumption points all have a role to play and add value into consumers' life. Is it getting more difficult as well online, uh, given the different types of beverages there are to consume? It's, um, I guess it's uh, consumers have choice, uh, whether online or uh, offline. I guess that doesn't change uh, much. What changes is that e-commerce as a, as a whole is a, is a more difficult and competitive uh, environment. But if, uh, if you're a small brand and you want to be listed into a big offline KA, it's also really, really hard. So I guess uh, uh, there's pros and cons everywhere or uh, easy points and difficult points uh, online and offline. Is there still a relationship between what people drink offline and what they buy online? In other words, it's still a brand building opportunity offline. Or are we seeing brands now that are purely online products like we're seeing in other categories? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. We, we typically believe that on-trade and uh, off-trade work together. A lot of Chinese consumers will first discover imported spirits category on trade. They get to a party in a bar or whatever, and then they're going to drink whiskey, vodka, or, or whatever for the first time. So uh, so it's a great, on trade bars, etc., are a great uh, channel for people to come into the category for the first time. Now, if they're interested and uh, want to uh, you know, have it more, they can always go out more, but now they can always buy it uh, offline, including in a retail shop, a traditional retail shop, and more and more online in e-commerce. It's not really the case that you would only have to be uh, uh, online. Actually, the, the more popular you are offline, the easier it is going to be to sell online. Yeah, And of, of course, Tmall, Jingdong, the big platforms, they want to list and sell and push uh, products which they know or have high confidence of uh, being su successful. They don't want to do the whole of the brand building for, for you. If other channels helped to do that brand building and build the notoriety, the awareness and interest for, for your brand, then they can uh, do less of it and, and focus on purchase. 
for you, um, and I guess for most brands in general, how critical is brand building then as an exercise in order to be successful at e-commerce? Um, because there are a number of brands that enter into the China market and they go straight for you know for e-commerce as their source of awareness, as their place of conversion. Is that the same for you as well? Um, well, brand building is uh, is of course uh, critically uh, important, um, and especially for our category because we are. Uh, how to say uh, uh, an external category, meaning you're not consuming it uh, in uh, alone in your bathroom, right? There are other products that you can that you consume alone in your bathroom, and you don't really care about the brand that much. This is why you have Amazon Basics uh, and uh, all kind of products of uh, uh, that are you don't really care if it's a white brand, if it's a whole uh, a retailer brand, because there is no face attached to it. But when I go to a party and I treat my friends or my business partners, uh, my distributors or my suppliers or whatever, and I bring a bottle of uh, cognac or single malt or whiskey, uh, you name it, at the table, I'm showing uh, respect and, and, uh, and giving them face by producing a, a bottle that they recognize as being high value. And obviously, this uh, can only be done because the brand translates into high value. And, 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 and of course, brand building is key here. In my bathroom, I normally stock the lower end stuff in terms of my, my liquor cabinet in my bathroom. I usually don't, uh, you know. But Everyone's got their own uh, preferred medicine, I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but, but when you come out to the living room, that's the good stuff out there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just to pivot a bit on the questions, last few weeks, Double Eleven, uh, a lot of th- lot of media, a lot of press talking about what's new and what's not new. Did you did you notice anything new this year that would that you didn't see before? Yeah, so maybe just a, a couple of points. So so first thing is um, these top KOL, these top key opinion leaders. So we have uh, Austin Lee, name is uh, Li Jiaqin, Chinese, and then uh, Wei Ya or Via. Uh, these guys really took over. So they, they've been getting really, really big uh, across the, the past year. And then um, in this first in this first pre-sale, the first bang out on, uh, on November 1st, uh, both of them took 20 million, sorry, billion, 20 billion renminbi of, uh, of pre-sales uh, uh, money. So, it's, uh, so they're really, really getting big and they're seizing a bigger, ever bigger chunk of the total traffic. Uh, in Tmall, at least. That's really a, a key trend uh, uh, that I can see. Mm. Uh, the second uh, key trend that I can see is that um, if Double Eleven was mainly Ali and Jingdong uh, event uh, in the past, because their uh, traffic is, uh, is, is uh, the traffic is moving on, and so other platforms are also catching up on, on Double Eleven. So now everyone is doing Double Eleven, including Douyin and uh, all of these video uh, uh, webs- uh, websites, Kuaishou also, and uh, Pindodo. So it's really becoming, uh, uh, from two giants, it's turned into at least five giants uh, doing doing Double uh, um, uh, Eleven. Uh, one thing also is that uh, there was really one big bang on Double Eleven, 11 of November, right? Now there is two big bangs uh, on the 1st and on the 11th. And that's also an attempt of uh, Tmall and Jingdong to lock in the sales earlier uh, to avoid a loss of a GMV to these new emerging platforms, uh, which, which are getting bigger and bigger. So the total traffic of 
Timol and 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 uh, Jingdong is challenged by these emerging players, Pindodo and Doin uh, principally. So if you uh, have a first bang out uh, on the first, then at least you can lock in a bit uh, of the GMV uh, right there. My students, I ask them that question. Uh, uh, the same question about the different bangs, the different sections, the different times. And they said it also helps in terms of the supply chain because you're not really putting so much pressure on one single day to ship everything out and that it can be staggered. Early days of Double Eleven, you had to wait like a week and a half to get anything because it was so much stress on the on the delivery guys to deliver the stuff. So I agree with you. I think also the, the fact that you're locked in on the early stages also helps uh, disrupt the smaller players. So it's true. I mean, Double uh, Eleven back in the days was in, wasn't uh, when it wasn't that big. Uh, you had all the deliveries happening uh, in the next uh, 36 hours after Double Eleven, it was still manageable. But now with the scale of Double uh, Eleven these days, uh, it's it's no longer manageable. So these two banks help in in the uh, supply chain. It doesn't help that much in terms of uh, uh, front loading, like the the warehousing part, because your goods need to be in the warehouse way in advance. You're not going to put your products in the Tmall warehouse on the 7th of November, for example, so that doesn't help so much. The output or uh, what goes out of the warehouse to the, to the, to the consumers definitely uh, uh, helps a lot. Is there a third place winner? There's really, t- for us at least, uh, there is uh, two other uh, platforms that are really growing uh, very big. Uh, it's Pindodo and Doin. And, uh, and so these guys are, are really accelerating uh, uh, very, very fast. Yeah. Pindodo always amazes me. As a as a platform, the the alcohol category is, is uh, small there, but it's growing super fast. So we are uh, heavily investing uh, in in this channel. You talked about, I mean, on the platform side, um, you know, we talked about food and beverages and restaurants and KTVs and bars and outlets. Um, do you have that much of a presence on Meituan and Dianping, and how do you work with them? Yeah, of course. So uh, we work with them uh, in two ways. Uh, three ways. So first, we uh, uh, they deliver from the retail um, stores, right? So I mentioned offline stores are, are also retail stores. So when you order on Meituan, you can be delivered uh, in less than 30 minutes because the Kwaidi, uh, the deli- delivery guy, is going to a family mart and picking up your alcohol, delivering it to you. That's one. And he, the consumer buys via Meituan or Elema. So the, the second part is uh, uh, we're also working with uh, uh, um, front warehouse operators. So the product is not coming from a retail shop. It's coming from a, a front warehouse, uh, like a, a smaller, more closer to consumers type of warehouse, which can also uh, um, uh, deliver to the consumer in, in 30 minutes. And the third part is, of course, we're uh, just like uh, in Tmall or in Jingdong. We have flagship stores. We're running like uh, operations and uh, promotions, activations. Uh, uh, via via Alman via Meituan, yeah, of course. I start to wonder: Are there too many shopping festivals now? I mean, there's five now. I know Double Eleven is is the big one. I I know for a fact because my wife literally buys uh, a warehouse full of stuff at every shopping festival, and she always buys on discount, and she never buys on regular price. And you can do that because there's always another shopping festival around the corner. Do you think there's too many? I do think that you have a, a house that looks kind of like a warehouse, Bryce. Oh, I mean, it does. You should see the mountain of, like, cardboard outside our house. I mean, there's all the recycler dudes are, like, hovering over, just salivating at the opportunity <laughs> to grab all that all that excess cardboard over yeah. done. Yeah, so um, I guess, uh, no, I agree, of course. Uh, but it's a good and a bad thing. Uh, 
first of all, different different categories of products are going strong into different kind of uh, festivals. For example, uh, if you're into uh, cosmetics uh, or anything that is um, a woman-related category, then your uh, Valentine's Day uh, may, may be huge, right? But but for an alcohol uh, brand like like ours, typically it's a much smaller uh, engagement opportunity. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think uh, for alcohol, we have the four major ones, which is uh, 99, double 11, then uh, Chinese New Year, of course, in February, and then uh, uh, 618 uh, in, uh, in June. Um, the point is, the more festivals you have, the more engagement opportunities you have. And, and that's great because the platform is offering you that chance to, to, to talk again and to uh, get new consumers to push old consumers to buy again and repurchase, etc. So it's great. So what's not so good is that um, you may be in a situation where your annual average selling price is going down because you're always selling on discount. Um, and, and that's obviously driving your profit uh, lower. It may be also driving the profit of the retailers uh, uh, lower, at least uh, on a per unit basis, that's for sure. Uh, so, uh, so what you need to do in the, uh, in here is to is to limit actually the the uh, the the how to say the absence of daily sales. You need to maximize daily sales, regular sales we call it, outside the, of the festivals uh, with CRM, uh, with uh, all type of uh, of uh, marketing tools. Because if you're uh, stuck or uh, enslaved by the e-commerce festivals, you're slowly going to erode your profits, the perceived value of your brand to the consumers, and ultimately uh, you're going to create a lot of dependency. What has been easier for you to do over double 11 and e-commerce in general, I guess, versus five years ago? Let me think. Uh, it, things were really different and I guess a lot more uh, simpler. Uh, and then the stakes were um, less high, right? We're lower. Uh, I think now um, double eleven is a complicated affair. Um, for our category, it's not as critical as for other categories. I, I know some categories that really have a thirty percent or something like really really high, maybe even more, fifty percent of, of their annual sales happening in double eleven, uh, which is really uh, catastrophic, if I may, right? Um, and thank uh, you know, uh, lucky lucky us. That for us, it's a much lower uh, numbers. It's uh, it's actually uh, less than fifty percent. Do you guys think that brands should launch at Double Eleven? Is this the time to launch a new brand? I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen that. I've worked on clients who've, who've launched products at this time. Do you think this is a good time to launch something? Tough question. I guess if um, if you have like a, a a particularly interesting product where you're going to get a lot of free resources from uh, Tmall or from uh, Jingdong, and you yourself are uh, investing prior to uh, that launch into building awareness and interest for, for that product in, in, in Tmall and in other channels, then, then, then maybe. But if uh, you don't have like the, the, the deep pockets for, for pre-warming up and uh, as well as uh, a particularly interesting product that is uh, not getting a lot of free resource from from Tmall, then 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 maybe not. Yeah. I'm just gonna take a stab at that question as well, and and maybe Pierre, you can help answer. But I always felt, or I've always advised clients that that period tends to be 
one of the most inflationary periods when it comes to advertising. So as a new brand that's entering into China with not as deep pockets, would that not be counterintuitive to a, a young brand entering into the market and using that as their launch platform? Um, what do you think, Pierre? I mean, <laughs> I agree. I I, uh, I think that if you're a small brand and uh, and unless you haven't been able to to uh, have a lot of uh, world word of mouth uh, build up ahead of a double eleven, you're really going to be um, uh, facing a super high cost per click environment. Like the the media fees are are really expensive. And if you got nothing special, you're just going to be drowned into the the bigger products, which offer the platforms a much more secure GMV channel, and and you're just a big risk potentially. So so uh, because you're new, right? So, where do you think e-commerce is going in? Let's make a prediction. Where do you think e-commerce is going in like five or ten years? Where do you think that commerce is going to go? Is it, what's evolving to? What you can see right now, though. Um, is the the merging of channels, so it's really uh, e-commerce merging with offline, and uh, for to create a, um, a, a omni route to market channel, if I may. So before uh, you go on Jingdong or Tmall, you get what Jingdong and Tmall warehouse uh, have to offer you, but now because everything is connected with the offline stores and offline stores can act as uh, warehouses as well then uh, you can access to different type of uh, products and 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 services in terms of time of delivery because everything is connected online offline so you have the normal warehouses you have uh, downtown uh, warehouses or close to downtown warehouses and then you have the uh, the actual retail shops which which also act as warehouse so everything is a warehouse now and so uh, and everything is connected via the via the e-commerce platforms you mentioned CRM as an important part of the of the of the process you're also developing your own e-commerce channels or ones on on different platforms do you have a private traffic uh, initiative where you've got fans that you engage with, your like perfect diary of 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 spirits, so to speak. Yeah, is that happening? Yeah, we, we've all uh, studied the the perfect diary uh, uh, case, right? Uh, so we're 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 not there yet, uh, and. Um, and I'm not sure this is something we entirely would want to do, uh, like moving all of our Tmall uh, shoppers into uh, into WeChat and uh, and uh, treating Tmall purely as a, a recruitment uh, platform while we do all the the harvesting and the repurchase uh, uh, somewhere else. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, avenue, of course, but on the long term, I'm, I'm not sure how long you're going to be able to to co-create uh, with uh, with Tmall if you uh, just use them as a first purchase channel. I'm not sure they're going to build long-term plans uh, uh, with you if you if you if you do that. So, uh, but nevertheless, of course, there is a, a, a private traffic initiative going on. So, first of all. Um, all the store fans, the store members, we have uh, CRM going on into all of our platforms, Tmall flagship store, Jingdong flagship store, but also the Zane channels, uh, the self-run channels, sorry. Uh, and uh, we are also building an initiative on uh, WeChat uh, commerce, uh, which is much closer to Perfect Diary, but, uh, but it won't be uh, the scale of Perfect uh, Diary uh, for sure. 
given the nature of your business, which is obviously a lot of people consume on premise. They're in, in they're in KTVs and restaurants. These are and they're literally for a long time. In that time, they're looking at your product, engaging with the bottle, and there's definitely opportunities to engage them on it on a one to one basis through through some kind of a promotion or some kind of encourage encourage them to sign up and register or something like that. So I would imagine that there is some kind of way that for for the brand yeah, to do. be able to recruit. Yeah, yeah. So um, getting into the CRM uh, system is uh, of course not. Uh, uh, happening just because you are a Tmall shopper or you are a Jingdong shopper, and then we are recruiting you as part of our of our, of our stores. It's also happening straight from the bottle. So for most of our brands, you have uh, except wine, you have a, a QR code on the bottle that is transforming the bottle into a media, and through the QR code on the on the bottle, uh, you can register to uh, our activities and uh, to our CRM programs, and even get. Uh, uh, some uh, red envelope uh, to uh, to act as a lucky draw, etc., which is uh, of course a very uh, entertaining for our consumers. All right, so um, so now we're coming to towards the end of the podcast, and um, we have something called the A B test. Mm. Uh, a obviously is uh, you know after uh, is 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 synonymous with my name, and then B is for Bryce. Of course. Um, oh, right. I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, God. Good I thought one. it was A-B Good test. One. I thought it was like a digital agency geek thing. Oh. But yeah, A-B it was, test. It was you against me. But the, but the, but the point over here is that there isn't any wrong answer. It's all right. All right. Um, but you know, the quicker you answer, the better, the more interesting I think the response will be. Okay, let's so I'm go. Just gonna, I'm just going to fire a couple of questions at you. Not really questions. They're just words. And then I just want to hear you. Um, um, the first thing that pops into pops your head, Pierre. All right. All right. KTV Speakeasy. A speakeasy. Glenn Fiddich or Glenn Livet? Of course, Glenn Livet. Oranges or cherries? Cherries. Blue or black? Blue. You sure think about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I like blue. Alright, double eleven or Black Friday? I guess I know the answer to that. Obviously one. double eleven, yeah. Ice or straight? Uh ice, a little. To drive or D D? None. Uh I ride my electric scooter, I wouldn't uh, exchange it for anything. Nine to six or six to nine? Uh six to nine sounds funky. <laughs> Champagne or sparkling vino? No, only champagne. Please. Only champagne. Brandy or cognac? Obviously cognac. Bubbles or troubles? A trouble sounds fun. Yeah. Alipay or WeChat? Uh, Alipay everywhere, but uh, when in Shenzhen, I do WeChat. It's very interesting. WeChat pay in Shenzhen. Yeah. Pierre, it's been awesome, uh, very informative, and we look forward to your return visit sometime soon. Sure. Talk more about Anytime. the spirits business or any other future topics. Yeah, thanks again. Thank you for joining this week's Shanghai Zan podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time on another informative podcast about China marketing, advertising, and everything intersecting it when we will discuss the Chinese sports industry. Until then, have a great day.